Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Everybody, my name is Lori Bowersacks, and I'm the blogger of um, Autism Journey with Elijah. Nice to meet you all today. It's 1 o'clock where I'm at in Arizona. Very hot and not um, not too cold here. Um so I, I come on with the grace of Shannon and Dr. Doreen. They let me on their live. And I am a, I am a grandmother. I am 49 years old. And I adopted my son, Elijah. Um, he is now five years old. And um, I like to tell you my little testimony, my experiences, uh, how we changed our home, our lifestyle, our story behind how we got to where we are from the the journey that we've taken in the last five years so in may 2017 my daughter was pregnant right after i was free i had my daughter um she was going to be turning 18 two weeks prior to my grandson being born which was kind of a bummer right i mean you're 18 you're free you got your freedom your life ahead of you and i was kind of disappointed right you go through all these emotions about I'm going to be free. And then I got to take on a child. She's living in my home. And it was just like a lot of emotions, right? So we get to the point where I just was content with the, the feeling and the, the livelihood and the reality of my daughter being pregnant. So two weeks after that, on May 13, uh, May 13, 2017, my grandson, Elijah, was born. My, my daughter was living with us since December of 2016. We were helping her, you know, adjust to the life after being broken up with her boyfriend. And she was living in our home for about, was it six months or so? And um, we had the great, just to accustom again to having a baby in our house was a big adjustment, right? So we had taken her to the hospital and um, she had a baby and the baby was pronounced dead for three minutes or so. It was like, I mean, it felt like eternity, right? I mean, when you're there and you're in the labor room and your son at that point, we didn't, we, he wasn't our son. He was her son at the time, but he was my grandson. And um, at that point you're looking over and you got nine nurses over there trying to revive this child who did at that point didn't even have a chance, right? So I'm sitting here, <laughs> sitting at the bedside saying a little prayer to myself going, God, God, please let this child survive, right? So I looked over and I heard a like, wham, wham, and I'm like, thank God, thank God there's a miracle, right? So 
he was he was wrapped up, cleaned up, and given to mom, and we walked out. And um, this was about 12, 1.45 in the morning. And um, he was born, and the mom was with him. And I'm like, no, I'll stay, I'll stay, and make sure that everything was okay. So I stayed in the room. They brought her back up. On, and this was a Saturday. And they brought her on the room up on Tuesday. And they told my, my daughter that he's a little yellow. So they thought that he might have a little sign of jaundice. And I'm like, okay, you're in 48 hours, you're telling me my grandson was already, you know, you revived him. Now you're telling me he's got jaundice. Thank you guys. Good morning. <laughs> um, that he's got jaundice. And I'm like, um, my emotions are already, you know, relaxed up, relaxed up, you know, roller coaster. So she stays until the following Monday, I believe, and they let her go. He tested negative for jaundice. So he came home. And of course, you know the protocol about when a baby's born, you have to go back to the pediatrician in a, in a week. So we go back to the pediatrician in a week. And the pediatrician says he's not gaining any weight. And this went on for about six months. He was not grasping the bottle. So now the pediatrician said, can we take, I asked her, can we take him? to a dentist to make sure that he was grasping on the nipple to drink and eat and get his nutrients. She's like, yeah, we'll sign a referral, you know. So we went to the dentist and he was lip and tongue tied. So now they had to give him a surgery. So now we're at a point where he, he was revived. He had almost had jaundice. Now he's facing his first surgery at the age of six months. So then we get through the surgery. We get through the surgery fine. He's not grasping the bottle really quick. It took about about two or three weeks after the healing to grasp the nipple to drink. So now after that, we're going through this journey about, okay, now he's eating, right? But now here comes the good part. Now he's got stomach irritations with UTIs. So I'm, I'm like, you know... <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, so what do we do now? So we go to the doctor. We contact the pediatrician about the stomach cramps and the UTIs. Well, the stomach cramp wasn't wasn't gas. He now has colic. So now he has colic. He's not sleeping, and he hasn't been sleeping or having naps through the whole time he was born. And um, so he's crabby. He's having an absolute nightmare right now with his first six months. We take him to the doctor and now he's got a UTI. And there are chronic UTIs, like chronic, like every other two days, every other day, he's got chronic UTIs. He's got stomach cramps. He's got, um, they might, he might think he has jaundice again for the second time. So we're dealing with all this within a matter of six months, you know? So then after all this is happening, we, we come to the grips of what do we need to do because the mom wasn't working. The mom was just, you know, living there. She was beyond herself. So we went for custody. So in, um, in May 19, May 13th, 2019, we got custody of my grandson. So with all this being said, we've learned a lot, right? So we've learned um, how life is fragile what could cause it by your reactions, your feelings, your, your um, information that you might have, your information by studying what can help, right? So in a year, he had his birthday. He made it to his first year. 
we noticed something wrong about his eyesight at this point. And you guys, I'm not making this up. This is this is true. He, um, he had something wrong with his eyesight. And um, so we went to the eye doctor, got a referral for the eye doctor. And the eye doctor said, yeah, he has got a lazy eye. And um, it is actually, it is like the the extopia, E-X-O-T-R-O-P-I-A. It's the crossing of the eyes. So the doctor wanted to see if glasses would help. Glasses didn't help. Then we went to patches. Patches didn't help. So now he's on his third surgery. So he had, um, they had to immediately do surgery um, on his male organ for the UTI. He had um, surgery on his mouth already. Now he's had surgery on his eyes. And that's within a year, within a year. So at this point, I'm I'm nervous. I'm going through all the emotions. Like, why did I do this? Why did I adopt him? Why? He's just bringing, you know, not knowing what really is going to happen five years down the road, right? So when we went to them, they had the eye doctor. He had a surgery. And what happened when the doctor corrected his eyesight, he corrected it, overcorrected. So we had to go back into surgery another year after that while we're dealing with the stomach pains and the stomach cramps. Um, we couldn't find formula the first year. Um, we went through, I think it was 11 different formulas because of his stomach problems that um, he has um, had stomach issues digesting. Then he couldn't um, have bowel movements. So, I mean, it was a nonstop thing. So after a year, um, my grandson, you know, we adopted him within the, the second year. We bought everything he needed. We took care of him. Um, it was it was a long journey the first three years still not napping still not sleeping through the night i went i can count i went three and a half weeks without more than three hours of sleep a night i went um i mean still right now he just started sleeping about four years through the night and it was waking up like um one or two times for a drink or one or two times saying he wasn't you know he was hungry making up excuses about why he couldn't sleep. He wasn't adjusting. So, I mean, it was something that we had to get a white noise machine. I mean, just things that would accustom him to sleeping through more through the night. Well, that took a while. And with autism children, when you adjust your schedule to them, you really have to go really into adjusting your schedule. It's not just um, one day, it's one day and another day, it's another day. You have to be strictly consistent and on a schedule. And it always comes to the strategy too, because the strategy that you have never always stays the same. So with our learning through our first two years of adopting and knowing what Elijah was all about, because we didn't know anything about the father. We all we knew is the father um, was out of the picture and my daughter was um, not mentally stable. And that's why we took custody. Um, after the second year, we started seeing more more things he started banging his head on the wall he started hitting himself he started um you know just pulling around on the floor he started looking at things lights and and someone brought to my attention he might be autistic and anybody who who knows of any children who are autistic 
doesn't like that term very much, especially when they don't know you and your child very well. So I took offense to that and I'm like, whatever, whatever, right? He's not autistic. But he used to sit in the corner and bang his head like this, right? So I was like, no, he can't be autistic. So right before he turned two years old, we got him tested for autism. And sure enough, he has autism. And this is where actually our journey starts, really, believe it or not. Um, so he gets diagnosed for autism in June of 2019. In June 2019, we go see a developmental pediatrician. We saw him actually twice in two days because when we first got him tested, he was tested at, well, we can't figure out if he's autistic or whatever. Well, I'm not going to leave this office until I have another appointment. You're going to test my son to make sure that he either has autism or he doesn't. So they scheduled it for June 21st and we went back in there and they did the ADOS, right? Test, which um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's just like a doctor sitting in there answering questions and writing down everything and watching your son or daughter um, play and um, communicate if they could and do all that and write it down on paper and then evaluate. And then they tell you to come back or they'll call you in like, I think it was like two weeks. So that's what we did. And they gave me the results that he was autistic. That broke my heart because I didn't want to admit it. Like most parents, they don't want to admit that your son is autistic, right? So being, being knowing that he was autistic kind of like broke my spirit a little bit. Like I was like, no, you're talking about some other child. It's not me, right? It's not us. But then I came to the, the, the conclusion that he was autistic, right? And now at this point, now that I got a diagnosis, I need to do everything I can to help him, right? So what happened was I went home and I got all these books and I got all these websites and I started going like a mad woman, looking up all these resources. Thank you guys for the emojis. Um, the, all these books and all these things, all these resources, right, that you could ever think about. And sure enough, what did I come across? Autism life. So I was watching Shannon one day and I'm like, this lady really knows what she's talking about. Right. I've read, I've read all the books and I've like, they always found like when you read a book or two, you always contradict what you're reading because every book is different and everybody has their opinion. So I started reading and reading and reading. And then I started reading article after article and, and I'm like, it's just, it wasn't making sense to me. So then I finally got on the, um, the internet and I started looking up, um, Facebook pages and all the articles and everything that would really make sense from the CDC to, to, I mean, just anything I can get my hands on to give me information about what was, what was I about to deal with? And that's where I came across autism life. So at that point I started watching them. This was two, two or three years ago. I started watching them and I was getting really validated information about, you know, um, what autism meant, what's the diagnosis, what's the side effects, what's this and what's that. And so when I went on there, I just kept, kept giving my interest, right? So I kept watching and watching. It was almost like an addiction, like I needed to get the information. So when that was done, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put up my Facebook page. I'm going to put a Facebook page so people know my story. So when I went up there and I, I named it, what am I going to name it? And it took me about a week to name it. And I wanted to make sure that my son Elijah's name was in there. And it said, Autism Journey with Elijah. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm going to name it. And we still have that page today. And so 
I went um, three years ago when he was two, just turning three. I had got that page up and I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I wanted more information before I put stuff on my, my page. So while we're doing this and I'm getting more information, I'm going to the doctor and I'm, you know, at this point, he's got another eye surgery to recorrect his eye vision problem. They said, you have to patch his eyes because his eyes were crooked. And, um, and so when he went, um, when he went to the doctor, he, he got his eye corrected from the second surgery. And with that being said, it corrected it, but now we're back to the, 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 um, the first part where, um, he has another eye surgery coming up because now we're starting to patch his eye two hours at a time a day. So then, um, with, with that being said, now we're dealing with this right now. Okay. So now <laughs> I'm already worn out. I am not getting any sleep. I'm still not getting any sleep. Um, I'm not getting any naps. I'm working from home. I'm doing whatever I have to do to provide for this child. So, at the age of three years old, we move out of state because we wanted to have a safer environment for my son. Well, you we know what happened three years ago. And so we moved there and all resources were shut down. We just moved there after they had said that, yeah, resources, self-contained classrooms, IEPs, um, OT, speech therapy, music therapy. I mean, every therapy you could think of, right? Um, horseback riding, all that was available. So we moved there and it was about, I was, it was about two, three years ago and we got there and it was right before school was enrolled and I went to enroll him and they didn't have a self-contained classroom. Now I'm dealing with no classroom. This kid's not going to school. He had no IEP because he was being um, home that whole time without school. He was three years old, so he's ready for preschool. So they couldn't give him an IEP because he didn't have any um, back education or nothing. And they told me that they didn't offer that because there was no self-contained classroom. So they started giving me the runaround. So I stayed there for two more years, and this was up until last year, and I homeschooled my son. And that was the hardest thing ever. You would think that what I went through to homeschool, it was it was so hard because he didn't have his services in place. So I was homeschooling an autistic child with no OT, no speech therapy, nothing in place because no services were there. And at that point, I couldn't break my lease because we just signed a lease. So we had to wait another year. So now we come back to Arizona and um, I homeschooled him for about six months and I was just I couldn't do it. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Everything was about him trying to fight with the school district, trying to fight with the doctors, coming back and forth to Arizona, not changing any of my doctors, not changing anything that here because the insurance and everything was here. So we were transporting every other every month, every other month back and forth from Nevada to Arizona. So when we went to Arizona, they knew that he didn't have an IEP. So we had problems getting him into the school district. And if if I remember correctly, this is where um, Shannon did her IEP segment. And I was really, at that point, it was like best timing ever, right? Because they couldn't find a bus schedule. They couldn't find the bus. They couldn't find him school. They couldn't find therapy, nothing, because he was new to the district. 
So after after we had moved here, um, he had gone to after the homeschool. I had signed papers with the Nevada school district saying that you know I wanted to homeschool. So they had the paperwork there. So they were going to transfer everything that I had done over in Nevada to Arizona. It was a mess. Nevada lost my paperwork. I had nothing on this child whatsoever from the school district. When I moved here, the school district wanted his latest IEP. Didn't have an IEP, but didn't have any paperwork because Nevada lost it. So when we came to Arizona, now this child is about four years old. He went at this point, he went through three surgeries on his um, eye, eye exams, his eyes. He went through um, his um, his male organs for the UTI. He went for um, special treatment on his stomach. Um, the jaundice is gone. Um, ju it's just the eating habits. He's got sensory issues. Um, he has a lot of anger issues. He has, he's building more aggression. He's building more, a lot of the things that I thought I was moving away from when we moved back, he started to build it up now. Um, I don't know if it's because of age or it's because of where we come from. He's a new environment. I have no idea. I'm trying to figure this out. So when we went, um, when I contacted um, the school district after I saw Shannon's live, I contacted the school district and I told them, listen, I got some information. I want to come, come clear with you and you tell me what I need to do. So I went to them, I called them and I had the runaround. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. So I went up the food chain and I got a hold of the special ed department. And I said, Hey, listen, I've been through a week's full of phone calls. I don't know how many people I've talked to, but you need to give me answers because this child is now three months into the school year without going to school. So they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I'll let you know, I'll get back in touch with you. And Yada, yada, you know, the run around how they do that because they don't care. They don't, they seem to not care, but they care. Right. So when I got a call back, they're like, oh, miraculously, two days later, we have a bus route. We have a school. We have the school teacher. We have this. We have that. Whoo. So I'm like, okay, great. Great work. Right. I'm so excited. I'm so like, yay, yay, yay. So we start school. Well, now he starts school at this, this school, which is about 30 minutes away from our home. And they get the bus. He gets on the bus and the school is working out, but it's not working out. And I'm like thinking, what's going on now? So then I go into the school and I meet the teacher and the teacher is like, yeah, well, I have a special contained classroom but the most of my students are nonverbal, and we know that Eli elijah is the only one verbal in the classroom we don't think this is a good fit here we go again <laughs> so um the bus route's okay the school's okay for about the first month now we're four or five months into the school year so they we did an iep i made them do an iep before we left the school so we had a paper trail to where we went to the next because I agreed that if that wasn't a good fit and I went in and I saw the classroom and I visited and I saw from my own eyes that, yeah, maybe it wasn't a good fit. We agreed that it wasn't a good fit and that we needed to contact the, the special ed department to make suitable arrangements to help my son. So I come home and I contact um, 
whatever his name was. I don't remember. And um, I contact the, the man of the, the head honcho of the special ed department. I said, listen, I've been to the school. I have an EEP. The teacher agrees that he's not a good fit. And we went and talked and said, you know what? Maybe that wasn't a good fit. Let me get in touch with them and we'll get in touch with you. And I said, please don't make it be another two days. My son hasn't been in school for now four and a half months. He's like, okay, I promise I'll get in touch with you. Now, when they promise you, it's never what they tell you. It's always the opposite because, and I tell you from my experience, they tell you they're going to call you. They'll call you, but it's not the time they tell you. Um, when I had contacted them five days before he had contacted me back and said that they had a, a better fit after the IEP meeting, and I said, well, what school is it? They told me the school, and I told them that I needed to keep on the bus route because I needed to keep the same bus route. Well, the bus route was changed now because now it's a different school, and now the student is going to um, ride a different bus. So now we're back to square one after four and a half, five months. And so... I'm getting a little irritated, right? I'm I'm just like everything I'm going through, this child's not sleeping. This child's not eating. He's crabby. He's getting aggressive. He doesn't want to be in the house. He doesn't, he's not involved in extracurricular activities because now he's eloping. So now we have elopement. So now I'm dealing with elopement problems. So with all this being said, we had to really go into my home and childproof this house key locks alarms on doors um locks on the patio door locks on the windows and i mean locks i'm talking key locks on doors i'm talking locks from the top to the bottom alarms on the bathroom doors bedroom doors even laundry doors everything i can think of i have alarm a lock everything this child's not gonna get out sure he's not well one day before i changed the front door to the lock he had got, you know, those hotel locks that just slide over. You can move the door. Well, this child is Houdini. I am telling you, he had opened that door and he's yanking on the door like this enough to move that slatch over. Right. And I'm still like, I, I'm probably asleep still or somewhere where I wasn't, you know, I thought that that would be enough for him at that point because it was an all new thing. I didn't know. So he gets to the door and he's moving the latch like this and the door opens. He gets off the chair, leaves the chair there and the door's wide open. And my son was right outside the door. And I ran because I thought I heard something. The door's open. I ran out the door and Eli's standing at the, the stairs right there. And I'm like, Eli. And he ran and booked it. And I'm running, I mean, this is like at seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm booking through through the the area, the com the community, and I'm booking and I'm stepping on rocks and at this my adrenaline's running. I grab him and I'm like, Eli, what are you doing? He said, I just want to go outside. That was the first time that it really got to me that everything that I was doing was not where I needed to be. So I contacted the pediatrician and I said, doc, what do we do now? So she gave me some advice. She gave me the, she's like, go get a key lock, hide the key so he can't get it. Now, remember this child right now cannot dress himself. He can't zip up zippers. He can't button. He can't um, put his pants on right, put his shoes on the right feet. He's very much delayed. 
but he knows how to unlock a lock. So that's what gets me. I'm like he un he doesn't know how to un do that thing, but he knows how to untake a key and unlock the lock. So I have the lock hidden. The key the lock's on the door. The key is hidden. So now we're dealing with elopement. So now we're at a point where I'm going back to the eighty uh, the pediatrician after a year now from June of last year. And I talked to her and I said, uh, he's in a classroom, which is a good fit. Now, at first, I didn't think it was a good fit. I had like kind of like the teacher was like really mean. And I didn't you know, think that Eli would be a good fit because at that point, the first teacher we had was she was really nice. Right? She was like looking back hindsight view she was like a coddler right oh we're gonna coddle him you know give him what he wants but this teacher now is not like that she is right on it and i right looking back i appreciate the way she was so she she's doing her job and i'm doing my job as a parent and we have great communication every day um she writes what he does Every day I write back what he's done, what kind of attitude, what he's eating, how was his day, and so forth. So I'm collecting all his documents and putting them in a binder, and I'm keeping everything clear. And so I called the doctor, and I said, okay, listen, I need to come back in there. We have some updates going on. And she said, okay. So this was back in um, February. She's like, um, okay, well, can you come in? And this was a week ago. I said, yes, I will. And so I went in there and I told her everything that was happening. She sent the teacher um, a, con a letter of concern about what has um, Eli done back in February. Can you write down any concerns or any um, issues you might have with Eli in the classroom? So she did. And she said that I think he has ADHD. And, uh, and to be honest, I am at my wit's end right now because I don't know I don't know doing it all by myself, you know, majority of it's all by myself and I'm dealing with it going, how is this possible? Like you go through all this stuff and you go through all the emotions and it's still building up. Right. So I finally get the paper back from the teacher and I get mine all right out and we go to the doctor and she's like, you know, that, that, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a sheet. And they, the teacher sent, um, fills it out. I fill it out. And we go to the doctor and she's like, you know, you and the, ch the teacher are basically have the same answers. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like nine out of the nine of this category. You guys have all the answers the same. And then in this category, you guys are off like by one or two. And so she had diagnosed him with ADHD. <laughs> All I can do is laugh because that's how I get through my pain, right? So we get the diagnosis of the ADHD. And for the last month, it's been very aggressive, very aggressive. He swings, he punches. Today, he punched me in the eye. Um, he's very um, aggressive, like angry. And so I asked the, the doctor, I said, what do I have to do to get him services? And she's like, you have to apply for DDD. And this is back in February. You have to apply for DDD. I said, I've already done that like five times. But every time I do that, they lose the paperwork. She's like, they lose the paperwork. I said, yeah, I mail it in. And I mean, the packet has to be like this thick, right? 
So I mailed the packet in not once, not twice, but three times. And every time they lose the paperwork. So I got that against me at the at the beginning. So I've, I I felt the paperwork and I'm like, okay, I'm going into the office this time. I'm this kid needs services. I'm not messing around anymore. So I put the paper in the slot and the lady sent me a message saying that um, we got your paperwork and that we're uh, looking it over. I think we're missing something. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are you missing now? And she's like, we're missing his IEP. I said, I put it in there. I know I did because that's the only paper that was copied on both sides of the paper. She's like, well, we're going to redetermine him. I'm like, oh, my I couldn't handle any more bad news at this point, right? So I get the paperwork and I get on the computer and I print out the IEP and I'm like, my husband go drops it off at the office, which is five minutes from here. Go drops it off. She contacts me about two weeks, um, two days later and says, we got um, approval that he got ABA therapy. And I'm like jumping around. I'm so excited. And I'm like, so does this require anything else? She's like, you're going to get a welcome packet in the mail and we're going to, you know, start the process then. And I'm like, does this require all 13 services that the doctor had prescribed? And so I said, the doctor referred him out to, I, I mean, I can't even tell you, feeding therapy, horseback riding therapy, music therapy, occupational therapy, um, um, physical therapy, speech therapy. ABA therapy and habilitational OP, which is when you get older, you can get that. And now with um, the ADHD therapy, and I am just overwhelmed. <laughs> I am just overwhelmed. And remind you, I have not had a break in six, in almost six years. I've been doing it myself by myself, and I haven't, I haven't had a break because my husband's an over-the-road truck driver. So. I've been doing it all by myself and it is very stressful and I, I will not wish this on anybody. I love my child. I wish I had help. Now I'm thrilled about the ABA therapy because that I could get respite. I'm definitely going to get you the respite. I'm definitely using that. And I'm also going to use all the resources to help him. And I'm going back to the DDD department and telling them that he got a diagnosis for ADHD. Because why would I Why would I get a diagnosis for ADHD if he's already approved for services? Why wouldn't I want to add that to the list? Because, I mean, what's one more, right? I mean, I've got 13. I mean, why not add 14 to it? You know, I mean, I've been doing it. Well, <laughs> the child needs it. So, so we're going that route. But... My learning experience through all this is when you don't think it can get worse or you don't have any answers and you don't know where to go, there's always somewhere, someone out there with the answers that you need. And that's exactly what happened when I found Shannon on Autism Live when I was dealing with the IEP. I couldn't imagine that it was right in front of my face and I was overlooking all my resources and didn't know where to go because I didn't have my support team. I didn't have family. I didn't have the, the my friends here because I just moved and all my friends were out of town. So I was basically like on my own. I didn't know where to go. 
So when I did the AB, when I did the DDD services and they approved me for the DDD services, they told me to apply for long-term care. So now that's where we are. So I'm going to apply for long-term care. I think it's all tax in Arizona. I don't know if it's like that through that the whole country. I think they have different names, but in Arizona, it's all tax. And, um, with all it's long-term care after the age of 18 he gets his care so i'm looking forward to that i'm super excited um when i learned what i learned like you know with everything that i've been going through and how everything i thought i was learning he was actually teaching me because when i was a grandparent two weeks free it wasn't about being free it was about loving who I was to love on others, be a better person who, who I was to become, to provide a better life for this child who needed me more than I needed myself, right? So I did all the research and I did everything that I needed to do to become that, that child's advocate, provider, parent, grandparent, mom, I mean, doctor, dentist, cook, I mean, everything. I was everything. Now it's a lot easier for me because now I have that open door for resources. And I love to, I love to share the information and everything that I've gone through with people because sometimes people don't have that out like I didn't, right? And with that out, it shows a lot of people that there is hope, right? There is hope at the end of the tunnel. And when you get to that point where you get discouraged and things don't work out the way they do, then that adds a lot of mental illness. And I, I just don't, I, I can't, I can't see someone being so down on themselves because of not getting help, uh, because not having someone there as, as a friend who, who can support them and love on them and be who they need to be at that particular moment. I just couldn't find myself. So that's why we opened Autism Journey with Elijah. Because with that, with that Facebook, we have gained a lot of followers. We have gained a lot of support. Um, we have um, researched a lot of information. Um, we have placed a lot of things on our page that could help other parent, parents that need help. Um, you don't have to be a parent to be an advocate. You don't have to be um, a legal guardian. Anybody can be an advocate. You stand by that person and you and you support them. That's what an advocate is. If you love on them, be there for them, answer their questions, support them, um, give them advice. Ask their, you know, if they give you your opinion, tell them the truth. Don't beat around the bush. Tell them what they should hear. Don't tell them anything else because that's what they need. Um, and then that's what your job is. You know, be there for them. Uh, and that's what our page does. Our page there is for everybody and anybody. You come across our page. We are a non-judge page. We support everybody. You've got a question, my inbox is open. You've got a, a question for anybody else. Anybody's willing to open it and answer it. Um, my story, I love my story now. Looking back at hindsight, I was like, oh, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to How am I gonna get through even a half hour, 15 minutes. How am I going to get through? He's not sleeping. He's not eating. And at this point, I was still working at home, right? I've been working eight years before he even decided to come along 
praise God, right? I am so blessed that this child is mine. I am so blessed because he has taught me the things I needed to know and the things that I needed to do to grow and be his advocate and be the person that he needs right now for the times that are coming up, for the times that have passed. Because in his past, he has grown up to be a five-year-old smart little boy. And I can tell you that that little boy, he's going places. And I'm just so happy, just so happy that I've been given that little boy the choice to live or just sit and we're gonna fight. We're just gonna fight. We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight tooth and nail. And he's gonna get the services that he needs and no cost. There's no limit. There's no cost. He has taught me a lot. You know, when some people say, oh, you've you've taught him this and you've taught him that. He's actually taught me more than I could ever teach him. Because that little boy is my life point. And if anybody has any autistic children, let me tell you this. They are the smartest children that you will ever come across. They are the smartest children who are, are people think that they're not. They're not. They are. They are very much so smart. And this little boy has shown me so much that I can never, never forget. This little boy has taught me how to be strong, how to keep going, how to live, how to breathe, how to take one day at a time. It's okay if you don't make everything as you want it. It's not on our time. It's not on our time. It's on those little boys and girls who have those needs that need to be met. I have been through it. I have been through it. And let me tell you, it was something. Something I would never, ever think that I'd ever go through. But love makes us do silly things. Love really makes us do silly things. And so I'm here to stand strong and love on my son and be a great advocate for him and show the world what we have to show by our testimony and our story and our experiences and what we've been through together, not me, not him, together. And when we come together as a team, we can do anything. We can do anything because that's how things work out. Stay in contact with your doctors. Stay in contact with your advocates, with your programs, with your services, with anybody who's willing to help you, friends, family, because everybody needs a support team. When you say, sometimes I can't do it, or sometimes I don't have the strength, what helps me is a hug. A hug. The simple things is a hug. And I love you. That right there will tell you everything you need to know to keep going and to not give up.
because they are stronger than you think and they they we don't give them credit like they should and my son like any other child my son and every other child who has autism or adhd they are bright kids they know and don't ever underestimate a child with a special need because they will outshine you i've learned that i've learned that because he still does it today he does it and i am so grateful you know my experiences with this whole journey is is mind-boggling when i look back to where we started and where we began i can't express i can't i can't fathom i can't think about the, the sleepless nights i can't think about um him not eating or running to the doctor or the er every other day and having services in my home from healthy families and when he began his little occupational therapy and speech therapy before we moved and we had days in our home where there were four out of five days services in place before we moved because i thought it was a safer place and we came back here and now we're adjusting to where we were before we moved and we're doing a really good job i've come a long way elijah's come a long way and I am so happy to know that where we've come from and where we are today, I don't want to go back. I just want to keep going because I know where we're going and I know where we've been and it's not going to be anywhere close to that. Nowhere close to that. Between the, the eating habits and the speech therapy now that he's doing, he's succeeding. And I will never take that away. I will never ever tell them that he doesn't need that because he's got the services now. They're all in play. We're doing it. We succeeded. We took that step and that's all it takes is one step. When you take that step and you accomplish that, you got the whole world in your hands because when you go to that first step and they say you got approved, <laughs> it is the best feeling ever to know where I've come from, it was it was like Christmas Day. It was the best. And when I tell people who's on the autism spectrum that it's okay. It's okay to have meltdowns. It's okay to be weak sometimes or you need a break or you need um, help or, you know, um, you just need five minutes. Go put yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> That's right, by myself sometimes. <laughs> in a bathroom when i say god i can't do this but god says yes you can and you gotta walk out that bathroom door just like you came in and that child is standing there going i love you there's your answer so when you feel like you can't go through it you look at that child and you give him a hug and you know that's the reason why we do what we do that's the reason why we do what we do, because what other reason is there? You know, I am so blessed to have the time on this platform to share my story. I am so blessed and I'm so grateful to have shown the world where I've come from and where I'm going. And believe me, we are going places. 
We are definitely going places. And I want the world to know that it's not easy. It's really not easy. And it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. But at the end, it's going to be worth it. Because you've got all that in your hands. You have the world right there. And it's not small. You take it and you run with it. Because when you get to that point, nothing's going to stop anybody. Nothing. And um, I am proud to say that today, today we (laughs) we got the official DDD paperwork in the mail. And so now I could take that paperwork and go to Altex and to the developmental pediatrician and tell them we've got it. Let's go. So next week after Easter, we are full force going through 13, maybe possibly 14 services. So I am excited. It's going to be stressing. It's going to be like tiresome, but I am ready for it. I am ready for whatever I need to do to provide for this child so that he has a better outcome in life than where he started. And for all the children out there and all the parents out there who thinks that it's rough, yeah, it's rough. But from where I come from, anybody can do it. Anybody can make Anybody can. So that is my story. I like telling my story to people who want to listen. And I want to get uh, awareness out there. So if anybody's on the page here, um, come please follow us at Autism Journey with Elisha. I have my shirt, Autism Journey with Elisha. If you guys can see that, that's my son. And I am, ah, I am so stoked about where we're going, you guys. Thank you guys for um, sharing us out and coming on and telling, letting us tell our story. I am so excited to see where we're going. And anybody who um, wants any advice, inbox me. Anybody who has comments or concerns, inbox me. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I learned from a lot of experiences and I have a lot of doctor notes. <laughs> I can sure share my story and my testimony with anybody who likes to hear it and to get more in debt and to get direction on where to go. I am here for anybody. So anybody who needs help, please come follow us at Autism Journey with Elijah. Thank you, guys. You could share the photos now of my son, Casey. Use one more. <laughs> he was six months, I think, there. <laughs>
That's what we're about, right? Right there. That's why we do what we do. <laughs> That's when we homeschooled. Super cute. <laughs> you did great. First day of kindergarten. That's when my heart broke. <laughs> That's when it really broke. Because of everything I went through. I didn't want to let him go. It's amazing. He's come so far. <laughs> yep. Eating his favorite food, pizza. <laughs> He's going to conquer the world right there. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. He is so handsome. <laughs> he definitely is my world. Definitely is my world. And if you guys go on Facebook and you find my page, Autism Journey with Elijah, that is who you'll see. He's exactly who he is in pictures, in live. He will love on you like no tomorrow. That's his kindergarten picture. After he went through two schools and two buses, we finally got him a kindergarten picture. That's him. That's what we do. That's the reason why we do what we do. And not only that, you think people say you think that they, you teach them something? No. He's taught me the world. He's taught me how to be patient. He's taught me how to breathe. He's taught me how to, to redirect myself. <laughs> how to get it together. How to do. Just do. Do it. Just do it. And you'll be surprised what you can do when you put a child with autism in place of questionings and things you don't know and just misinformation. Just follow the child. He will show you so many, so many milestones. You will not believe it. He's definitely my angel. Just like many of you, your child, your children, your angels. They will show you, if you let them lead and you follow, they will show you. They will definitely show you. They are so sweet, the sweetest kids in the world. I would never, never do it for the world, never. 
Never. Back in the day when I first started watching him and watching him grow and seeing the, the challenges that he's having, I was questioning myself. Man, this is going to be a long road. Man, did I make a mistake. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I had no there. But when they were at my kitchen table and they said, you know what? If you didn't sign this paperwork, we have to take this child from you right now. All those thoughts went away and I signed that paperwork so fast and I said, you are taking this child from me. That's when my journey started. So today, as I say here, that signature on that paper is my life. That signature that I signed my life away for however long it's going to take to see this child grow and succeed and become a law-abiding citizen and be, become something he wants to become, not with my will, but with what his will is, when he becomes and he wears that cap and he graduates high school, college, wherever he wants to go, the world is in his hands and he will become something. You watch that little boy. He's got a journey ahead from him, a destiny, a testimony. You watch. Autism with Elijah. I'll see you there. Because that's where it's at. That's where our life We're open. We're an open book. We tell it like it is. We help others. Please stop by our page. Show us some love. We want to grow. We want to share with you our journey. We want to know who you are in your journey. We want to know and love on you and give you support and show you it's not hard. We're here with you. We're not behind you or in front of you. We're next to you and we're rooting for you. It's okay to be not okay. You got it. You can only do what you're going to do when you accept that. You got the world in your hands, too. I wish everybody well. I wish everybody happy, happy days ahead, even the rough days. Just make sure you love on your children because they deserve to be loved just like any other children. You guys, this is where it ends on this platform, but we're starting Autism Journey on Elisha. Go follow us. We'll catch you over there tomorrow.